0: The Koi Gig Pod. I wouldn't care if Megan Campbell didn't have hamstrings left. If yes. she just stood on the sideline, she has to play. And subscribe to the feed in the OTB Sports app now. The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support.
1: Top pocket
2: goal! It's what dreams are made of. They are going to the World Cup finals hello and welcome to the latest episode of the koi gig podcast i am kathleen mcnamie and i am joined by irish legends karen duggan and emma Byrne. we had a very exciting weekend where ireland finally found out who we're playing and today we actually found out when we're playing them and all the times are very very lovely i have to say compared to some of the times we might have been playing at how are you both feeling after the draw this weekend Um,
1: I think, I think I, well, first of all, to be part of the opening game of the tournament is going to be spectacular. Like it's, it's something special, like that stadium is going to be packed. So I think that that's an amazing draw. And of the top seeds, Australia definitely aren't the worst. And with the permutations, we nearly ended up in the group with Spain and Japan, which I'm really happy we didn't. So I'm looking at the positive side of things. I want
2: to check again. This is Karen Duggan that I'm talking to. trying to be positive. positive. (laughs) Look, I've had enough
1: negativity this weekend on my own football side of things. That's fair enough.
2: I wasn't even going to bring it up. I wasn't even going to bring it up. (laughs) Emma, what about you?
0: Change, Karen. Um, To be honest, I was really happy with the draw until we got Nigeria. So when I'm looking at all the, the, the groups, I thought, oh, I'd love Group A. But Group A or Group B, and I'll be happy. Because New Zealand and Australia, as far as I'm concerned, are very beatable for us. Yeah. So straight away, I was happy. And then when that when Nigeria came out, I was like, oh, that would be like the worst team for us to play, I think, out of that group. Um, but apart from that, I mean, you look at the other groups, I think Group B is quite a nice group. I'm happy. There's like a bit of misery on Twitter, like about the group and saying, "No, oh, we're doomed it's a great group for us. It's not bad. I,
2: I haven't seen all that much from Irish people. I've seen people from like outside of Ireland saying that, and like a lot of the international media putting us as the likely people to come last in it. And I was
1: like, mm, I feel like. I think that's because people- they're looking at, say, uh, Olympic champions, this, that and the other. But in terms of the style of play, I'm much happier with coming up against the likes of Australia, Canada, who are that kind of, physical team who we've faced in the likes of Sweden and Finland in recent times so we're used to that kind of team if we'd gotten more technical teams like your Spain's in Japan that's that's a whole new task that we haven't really faced and we haven't had to be challenged by with this team yet so um yeah like I said I, I don't mind playing those two teams Nigeria is a bit of an unknown they're very physically strong it'll be interesting to see what that's like, I don't have too much context on it, but I know Emma, you were saying that you definitely didn't. Yeah, like
2: that. yeah. Emma, I was going to ask you about this because I saw you tweeting about it. I know so like a lot of the Nigerian team do play in Spain. So I presume we've probably watched quite a few of the players
0: Yeah. And not only that, from my experience, we went to Nigeria to play a friendly game with Arsenal that Kanu set up and then didn't show up. So it was just kind of like us there. But anyway, we played the Super Falcons with the Arsenal team who had like really amazing players and they destroyed us like 5-0 or something. It was the weather as well and the conditions or whatever. But it's just a team that are really difficult to play against. Again, it's a team that have underperformed. Like this could be their year. They're extremely physical. They're extremely quick. They're very direct and they have amazing players. I mean, just Asi Shwala on her own is just so dangerous. And she frightens the BJs out of every team. So, yeah, that was the one team I didn't want to get, um, to be quite honest, after we were drawn. But, you know, it depends. They're quite, they're up and down as well. So it depends on how they're feeling on the day.
2: Yeah, just as a rundown, if anyone listening missed it today. So Ireland play Australia on July 20th at 10 o'clock in the morning, Irish time. Then Canada on July 26th at one o'clock Irish time. And then Nigeria on July 21st at 11 a.m. So in terms of watching times, pretty good. I was fully expecting to be up in the middle of the night. I'm very glad that we don't have to do that. But it is quite a big distance. So that's, I think, like they're in Perth brisbane and sydney is at the three yeah. cities i'm mm-hmm. not sure if the order i don't think that's the right order but that's about eight thousand kilometers over those couple yeah, of weeks sydney
1: perth brisbane i think it was but yeah it's, it's not obviously not ideal. You would like to be based in one place um
2: yeah do you think that will have much of an impact or is it just something sort of that we know what we're dealing with now so we can kind of temper our expectations of like how much it will affect us when it actually comes to it
0: I don't think so. I don't think it's going to be a massive thing, especially if they prepare properly and they're prepared for the flights and, you know, they get the proper amount of rest. I mean, it is going to be an extremely difficult couple of weeks for them. Like that's, there's no denying that, but we're not going to blame the travel or anything like that. That's we're not looking for excuses. And just to touch on what you said earlier, Kathleen, about, uh, the professionals in, in the media say in Ireland, you know, they, they're, they don't have any hope in this group. If you look at the stats, which I think a lot of people do, which I never do because I hate stats. Um, yes, of course we are the, the ones that should be coming bottom of that group. We've never qualified before. So uh, get that out of the way. Get that out of the window because Canada. We've played Canada a few times, Karen. Not an easy or a nice group to play, to be quite honest. But they are beatable. It's a fact. <laughs> um, Australia are definitely beatable. So yeah, I think uh, we. I, th- I really like our group. I'm happy.
2: Yeah, because no, I was asked about this this morning on off the ball where they were asked about Nigeria and they're like, oh well, they're ranked I think it's like 45th or something in the world. Surely that means they're incredibly beatable to us. And I was like, no, like fair enough qualifying for a World Cup out of Europe is extremely difficult. But also Nigeria have been to World Cups before. They've had that whole experience. They have like the Afcon experience of that, you know, major continental tournament, which we don't have. But they've been successful at it
1: as well. Yeah.
2: Like this is this year was only the third time ever that they haven't won it, I think. So like there's plenty of reasons. And I think only one or two of the current squad actually play in Nigeria. Most of them play in Europe as well yeah,
0: so and they don't meet up like i know that a few of them don't even go back for internationals they just join up for the big tournaments so i wouldn't even be looking into that at all like they're dangerous they've dangerous players um but you know i've watched them and they've gotten better at every tournament as well which is quite worrying <laughs> they've just improved every tournament i've watched them they've improved so yeah those are the ones to to beat i think
2: yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see how things go. I mean, we heard Vera Powell say over the weekend that they're looking for someone to find for November for a friendly to come over here. So hopefully we find something interesting and we can test out a few players and see where the squad is at. Uh, also update over the weekend that she said Jess Sue and Ellen Malloy won't be making the squad with the injuries they have next summer. I mean, it seems very early to say that with complete certainty, but it's mm-hmm. unfortunate for both it really of them. Me that,
0: it really surprised me, that comment, because um, I don't know much about Malloy's um She child. had her surgery this weekend. So, so she had it. So yeah. she like there's time to get back. Jess is having hers next week. There's time to get back for June. And then it's up to the manager to decide if they want to take them or not, or if they want to bring them in for camps to see how they are. But it's really early to say that. Like it was it wasn't even maybe it was like they will not be involved
2: in that. Yeah, it was incredibly definite. And I was like, I know they're going through two terrible injuries, but also, oh, would Do you really be think off? that she's going to pick her, her like squad very league. early on? Yeah, possibly. and if she's doing like the Antonio Conte, like Matt Doherty sort of thing. Where she's putting something out into the world and then actually hoping that it'll just encourage the two of them to, I don't know, work a bit harder or something. But I don't necessarily know if that's always the best way to go. I think
1: they need that mental challenge. At yeah. the moment. Yeah.
2: I think they're going through enough. Yeah, yeah no, that is. That's very fair. I'm not saying I support it. It was just one of the things that like, popped into my head when I saw it. Because it seems so certain. Um. So coming up next on the show, we have the wonderful Emma Carroll with her latest team of the week. But before then, we wanted to remind you of a competition that we are running. Thanks to our partners at Cabri, we're supporting Irish women's grassroots football and we are giving away all the net profits from our most recent Cabri Roadshow in Vicar Street. We're giving you the opportunity to win a very, very lovely €1,000 worth of equipment for your local grassroots adult club it's so simple to enter so for your club to be in a chance to win contact us with your club details and contact information at the koi gig pod at offtheball.com terms and conditions apply head over to otbsports.com for more hello emma and welcome back to the podcast how did you find this week of doing your
3: team of the week not as bad as other weeks because the matches were kind of nicely staggered out. I only had to dual screen once, which was nice. So
2: that must <laughs> have been a very new experience. I say you're probably like checking the fixture list, just be like, "There's definitely only these two fixtures on at this time, right?" Yeah, I'm not two, tri- two
3: Sunday three o'clocks, which was nice. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Uh, so this week I went with Zinsberger in goal, McCabe, Greenwood, Bright, and Paraset at the back, and then Manham has to go with Robinson and then forward Shaw and Asai up front it's a good team there's a lot
2: of a lot of interesting a lot of a few of the repeat figures that we were seeing in there which is kind of interesting to see at this stage of the season the names that keep coming up Karen who was the one that stood out for you this week
1: well I think the fact that Manam is still in there because she's retaining her place over Mead and that was a big talking point and she's justifying it really at the moment I thought Against Leon, she was phenomenal and she had, her goal was powerful against Liverpool this weekend. So um, I think she's justifying that and sticking with Arsenal then. The only kind of other person I think maybe deserved a shout out for this team. Um, maybe sent her back just because Catley is deputising well there, helping them to keep that unbelievable clean sheet run that they're on at the moment. And she's great at set pieces. So she's the only kind of one that maybe I thought deserved a nod uh, on that side but can't argue too much with this. Maybe we'll, I'm good to, I'm always happy to see Katie McCabe in there. Obviously we love seeing Katie on that, but just because Everton have been kind of a bit of a surprise package in the last couple of games, maybe George in left back, I thought she was good and um, got an assist as well to her name. That kind of left wing back position. So she stood out for me, Um, but otherwise very, very good team. I mean, you can't argue with, Shaw, really. Anyway, she's been
2: prolific for City. She's
3: brilliant. Hmm. Yeah. It took her a while last season, but this season she's hit the ground running. Just, Seriously, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I think know. it's as
2: well having that consistency of like not competing with Ellen White for that top role. I think that has really helped. I don't think it really helped either of them last season all that much that there was a bit of inconsistency there with like how they were playing. Top three for City seemed to be clicking now as well a little bit in the last two games. Yeah, I think. I saw. I know Emma said she did like stats, but I think uh, City are like the second top team for like aerial balls into the box behind only Aston Villa per ninety minutes. Because and it's obviously just coming in from those like Hemp and Kelly just completely dominating those two wings in the way that I mean we've been seeing them do for a long time, but it seems to be properly clicking as a partnership now. Emma, what about you and that team? Who stood out for you as a big woohoo or a big oh no?
0: Um, Well Shaw definitely Has to be in there I mean Her stats are incredible (laughs) Um, No she's just I mean she's just Such a difficult player To mark I I would hate To play against her She's strong She's quick Really physical She's aggressive
1: And even the difference In her two goals Like a bullet of a header And then a powerhouse From outside the shot That she actually created For herself By working back And getting an important touch To win it back In a dangerous area
0: Which is something she's definitely improving on because my only flaw with Shaw um, in, in the previous season is that I felt she didn't work hard enough when out of possession trying to win the ball back, but that's getting way better. I'm glad to see Sae in there because I thought she was really good. I thought she's going to be interesting to watch for the rest of the season. Ford, absolutely. She's been incredible for a player that didn't play much last season as well. Mm-hmm. Manam, yes, 100%. Definitely agree with that. Not sure about Robinson because I <laughs> I really, really liked uh, the young player, Kvac, Kvac. Mm-hmm. You know, the 18-year-old. Yeah. yeah, from North. Sorry, Norwegian. Um, I thought she was class; like she was so impressive. So I might have put her in there instead of Robinson. Um, Hasagawa, class player. McCabe, obviously, always all day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then the two centre backs for me. To be honest, uh, we could have put anyone in there because I
3: didn't think anyone was brilliant. <laughs> anyone was, yeah. Brilliant.
1: I didn't yeah. think any of the top teams were really challenged that much, but they kept their clean sheets where they needed to. So it was all about the
3: distribution. I think Okay. like mm. Greenwood yeah. Bright and Parasit as well like their her crossfield balls yeah, six deliveries
1: very very good
3: but I agree with Karen and with uh,
0: Catley I think she's been really impressive and I'd probably put her in there Zinsberger in for sure or Mary Earps They've or Berger
1: been- I thought Berger made some a couple of really yep. important stops as well um, yeah. close range ones as well had to move very quickly so she made a couple of crucial saves
2: yeah, that yeah. goalkeeper was probably one of the ones where you could have really had any of those three, and there would yeah, have been as long as Zinsberger
1: like keeps the clean sheets, you can keep putting her in.
3: That's the reason yeah. I went for her, because she's probably one of the goalkeepers that we don't often put in the team of the week because she just kind of maybe she's time. not tested enough. But <laughs> when you have ten clean sheets in a row, you know what you probably deserve a nod.
2: <laughs> <laughs> just, just maybe,
3: just, you know. Because I thought Walsh was decent enough as well, but then the two goals—I don't know if she could have done a bit better. Like the harder strike was so powerful, it's—it's hard to really criticize. How do
1: you think of that, Emma? Front post or the striker? So close,
3: like near
0: post. Can't get beaten in your front post. You just can't. Um, I mean, she did well because. she hasn't been at her best. I've seen Walsh playing like really good. I was so happy when she decided to come on over to our side. Um, but she she actually hadn't been playing great. But yesterday I, I thought she played, or was it yesterday? Yeah. I thought she played really well the day before on Sunday. Um, but yeah, just as well, has, as much as I love Hasegawa, I also think Walty might deserve to be in. Yeah, she was so good. Right yeah. alone as well. I mean, it's brilliant that we're able to put different players in here. I think it's, It's just so impressive, the standard at the moment. Every week, every game is impressive, right? The only game I was disappointed with this week was um, Aston Villa-Everton, which I thought was going to be an absolute cracker, but they both kind of cancelled each other out a little bit. Mm
1: -hmm. United didn't hit the kind of maybe high standards they have in terms of their attack and play, but um, they still have managed the game pretty well. So I think all the top teams did their job.
0: Yeah, and Leicester did quite well. Like, it's probably the best I've seen Leicester, as in organisation-wise and um, aggressive-wise.
3: They did all right. Yeah, poor was good in the centre of the field as well for Leicester. She'd done a decent enough job keeping them quiet.
1: And is it yeah. Phil- Phyllis for West Ham? I thought she was quite good as well. A name yeah, I hadn't really... One that I had on my list
2: there. as I could have been in there. Like, someone that we haven't ever talked about? Before. No, I don't
1: think so. I didn't really recognise her that much, but I thought yeah. she kind of stood out for West Ham.
2: Well, Emma, thank you very much. We will see you again next week. I was like, there is still WSL next week, isn't there? But there is. is. (laughs)
3: Thanks.
2: And now we have the opportunity to get our teeth even more into some of these specific matches. And it was kind of like a mix of games. There was very few that were like, thrilling i would necessarily
1: yeah yeah
2: there was like a couple of strong performances some that maybe we thought there would be like a bit more of niggling that there wasn't but just to start kind of towards the top of the weekend tottenham nil city three um I don't really know what to say about Spurs this summer. I feel like, or this year, I feel like they didn't really bolster in summer in the way that we've seen maybe teams like Everton and other ones like even West Ham and stuff were impressing a lot more this season. They just seem to be a bit lackluster and lost, which is definitely not something we would have said about them last season.
1: No, and... Listening to Skinner's interview after, she said she was happy with the performance and it was the most consistent performance that they had. But I thought City controlled the game pretty easily. I mean, they dominated possession. They could have had a few more goals, I thought, um, and didn't look overly pressurized or stretched at any time. So I was a little bit surprised that she said that, given it was a 3-0 loss. But I suppose fair play to t- look at the positives but I was just a little bit <laughs>
0: think we we'll Yeah,
2: we're all turning over a new leaf this weekend faking it but Felicia <laughs> Odi scored a couple of goals we did great I mean we talked about it a little bit there in the team of the week but I mean she's scoring a goal every 65 minutes four goals in five games she is on fire and um, holding her to only a couple of goals probably is an achievement for some teams. I just kind of thought Spurs were aiming a bit higher, judging on how they started off last year and the way like Skinner talked about it. Emma, I don't know if you feel differently about that.
0: Well, no, I do, because I actually was excited to see Spurs play this season because I thought they were excellent last season. But they played completely different. I feel like now Skinner, with her new players, thinks that they can play for teams. Yeah. <laughs> They can play through the thirds And they can play like a city Like an Arsenal Um, I'm not going to say Chelsea Because they don't do it So I just think Maybe they're in a bit of a transitional period that they're trying to change that, um, and trying to play. But the, I don't think the players she's brought in are going to make that big difference, you know? Um, like Angar James, she's a good player, but she's a grafter. She's, that's mm-hmm. what you mentioned midfield for. It's where she plays in for Wales. She grafts. Um, you know, also like, Neville's a great player But I nearly
1: feel like She's asking too much of her I prefer her in fullback Than that advanced position Because she's a very good defender She's sticky She can stop opposition players And she covers her centre-backs Really well But when she's in that Advanced position She's very high She's on the the shoulder Of the other fullback
0: because she had a great season and because she scored some worldies, hmm. I understand why you might want to push her at the pitch and also get her involved a little bit more in the game. But the an actual fact, she is a class fullback and that's where she should stay. She shouldn't be moving. Um, and then, you know, Turner's done great. She's a good defender. Molly Bartrip is an okay defender. But she hasn't brought in anyone that's really changing anything. And again, I talk about pace again, about the speed of the game. You need quick players, and I feel like Spurs struggle with that a lot, especially in midfield. And they're just getting bypassed the whole time. So either they go back to that nitty gritty defending and then just try and counter attack, or they carry on, but they're not going to they're not going to get much joy out of it this season. No,
1: it's not like they signed a player like City did in Hasegawa That's going to like be able to find pockets and is really cool on the ball and things like that. They don't have that. So if I was them, I'd revert back to what was effective and build on that because it just, yeah, it hasn't, hasn't worked so far for them.
0: I think it's only going to get worse, to be quite honest.
2: Oh, we saw that even like last season, it was a lot later on that it happened, but they did start to trail off because they hadn't reinforced properly. And I feel like, that's going to happen to them this year as well, but it's just going to happen a lot sooner. And it's disappointing to see because, like you say, Emma, Spurs were one of the exciting teams last year to watch and they were one. It was Skinner there. She seemed like quite intelligent about the way she was going about the team mm-hmm. and where she had taken them from. And I don't know, the club seemed to be semi getting behind them in a way that they maybe hadn't before. Mm-hmm. Kind of thought there was going to be a bit more development, but it just seems to have petered off. Mm-hmm. And it's but- not that they need like a, a big name signing necessarily, but just someone who's really good and they could be really good and really underrated but they need that sort of player and there's just no
0: focus what is their focus because I think when Rianne came in Rianne's very organized coach she organized her units she's very good at giving information and I think when she came in she was basically just trying to put you know a plaster over the wounds and, and just try and make good of a Bad situation, Um, and she did it. She did it really well. And they were playing; they were very organized. It wasn't really pretty, but you know what? I respected them for that.
3: Yeah.
0: Like now that she's starting this season, go okay. This is my team. My players will do what what, the way I want to do it. And I think she needs to go back to you know revert back to the way she was when she first went into Spurs. Mm -hmm.
2: And moving on to. A game that was kind of surprising to me, Leicester nil, Man United 1. Again, seeing this Leicester team, and I feel like kind of similar things happened to them last season, but they actually managed to get a few goals past the likes of Birmingham and stuff, but they show potential. They just don't really have any attack. Like, they're hard enough to break down, but there's just nothing going forward. And, I mean, Mary Earp's pulled off some really nice saves, I have to say, during the match. Yeah, the green right. volley
1: was a good effort, but apart from that, like you say, yeah. Leicester, where the the goals going to come from?
2: I don't know. Yeah. And like they'd want them to start coming fairly soon. I think they play Reading <laughs> next weekend, don't they? So that's kind of like a bottom. That's, a, that's a big game for them yeah. because
1: Reading have been poor as it's well. It's
2: basically the Leicester-Birmingham of last week. It maybe year. is at the
1: moment. Leicester- it's surprising yeah. from Reading, but it, yeah, it's a big, big game for both of them.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think they're just showing their inexperience, really. There is a gap. There's a big gap with with teams that come up. And we spoke about it last week. Birmingham are probably more difficult to play against. Um, Leicester need goals. I think they've I think they played quite well. I was impressed with them, being honest, because I thought they were going to get. Uh, a bit hammered against United especially the form United are in but they did well they were set up well they were organised well they defended quite well but it's then when they get the ball they've literally nothing going forward and you know that they don't even I don't even think they believe it themselves because it's very slow in the build up Um I think Natasha Flint is a good player. She, she used to be an incredible player, by the way. I think she still has really good attributes, doesn't get on the ball enough. And then when she does, she needs players around her and she's on there, on her own up there.
1: team like Leicester probably needs a, a really quick striker, someone that can help them counter um, well. And, but I guess they try and play out a little bit. But yeah, I don't know if that works when your backs are against the wall for such long periods of games.
2: No, are true. we surprised at how difficult United found it to break them down? Because you kind of think with the form this United team are in, they should be putting more than one goal past year.
1: They should have. They, they should be putting more past them with the form they're in, um, how they've been playing, um, the pace that they have in that attack. Yeah, it's interesting that they scored from a set piece given the free-flowing football they've been playing. Um, but Paris got her, I think it's her first goal, first United goal and Um, definitely
2: in the WSL I think she made yeah
1: and 11 goals 9 different scores so they've got goals coming from everywhere which is really really positive for them obviously you want a main striker who might compete for a golden boot or stuff like that but it just shows that United can play in a few different ways and have a lot of people joining in those attacks which is definitely a positive can you name them can you name them can you <laughs> I reckon I could give it a good call, but
2: go uh, oh, for it. <laughs> I might as well. I'll um, hold up like
0: that. Uh, Lucia, Lucia Garcia, um, Laya, no Laya, Laya M- Maya, <laughs> Laya Maya
2: Maya.
0: That is it. That's it. Legitier Maya La-Dizier. Mm. Um, I'm going to say uh, tune Elitune. I'm going to say. Galton, how many is that? Five. Five. I need another four.
1: Did Russo get one before she was injured?
0: No, I don't no. think so. No. Um, I'm gonna say, oh, the um, Adriana. What's her name? Leon, Leon that's it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm just here for the second name.
1: <laughs> um, oh, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. That's pretty good.
2: Six is pretty good. Battier again, Annie? Or is she just a system? I feel like Galton got one at some stage. Yeah, we said Galton, I think. Oh, we did say Galton, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. There we go. it goes. close enough. Well, anyone who's listening can tweet Emma the ones that she missed out on and we will give you full credit on next week's podcast. But I feel a bust that was very <laughs> impressive. We definitely got <laughs> mine. For Monday. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I thought it was interesting after the game, Mark Skinner was kind of asked about his transfer strategy. So something that people have talked about this season said, you know, He signed quite smartly during the summer. And he said that attack is always going to be his focus, which I was surprised because I thought, you know, they have quite an impressive attacking, like attack wasn't necessarily where I thought they would want to build. And he picked out fullback as the other place that they really wanted to like, like pardon the back line up with. Is there anyone out there that you think would be particularly suited to this United team or who you think? Neville. I take (laughs) Neville. (laughs) Or McCabe (laughs) I feel like you would always Take
1: Neville for (laughs) Well I think he's thinking More left back Isn't he Mm.
0: Well Well, I mean He has a pretty good They have good fullbacks Don't they They've got good fullbacks Who are attacking fullbacks So he's still talking about You know
3: Attacking
2: But I think he was making the point that like they've had quite a few injuries in that area, maybe recently, and they've had good players in the team who can fill in, but who aren't like naturally that position. And maybe I presume then he was implying that like having someone who's a natural in that position might suit the team a bit better.
0: Yeah, I think he's looking for a playmaker in midfield personally. I think that's one thing that he'll need to to improve on someone in there that's going to boss it that if they need if they're in tight situations against the likes of Chelsea Arsenal City when they need that player to step up and get on the ball even if they're under pressure mm. that's we'll see that when they play against the bigger teams that's where they, they lack um, I, I, I imagine he's looking for someone like that but Kim Litt- Little is not she's not going to go so forget him
1: unfortunately <laughs>
0: Well, she's not going to go. I mean, there aren't many. Could get Oberdorf from from
2: Germany. That, well, now, well, it would be interesting. It would be worth breaking. United for. did stay in those top positions this season and did manage to get Champions League football. Like that would open a few doors to them in terms of. I don't know, I don't know if Oberdorf would come, but like if she's looking for a team in the WSL and wants to play here and experience that. I wouldn't be entirely surprised if United are still like up there by the end of the season if they picked up a player, of sim- like a young player of similar sort of quality.
0: They need Champions League. That's, yeah. that's exactly it. If they don't get Champions League, it's really difficult for them to sign top, top players. That's why I think Mark Skinner's done really well in what he's done. Um, and they're playing really well. So if there are players thinking about it and they look at them, Course they'd want to go if they make Champions League. That's so important for them.
2: And speaking of Champions League, we had two very big matches last week. Uh we'll give a nod to Chelsea first. So they beat Brighton. I was supposed to say they lost Brighton. Beat Brighton 2-0 over the weekend. You could kind of tell they had a big match during the week, I thought, at points. They looked a little, and also the conditions were condition- shocking. shocking. Yeah but I also did think that like they did adapt quite well in the second half in the terms that they just like gave up playing the ball along the grass and they're like, Ariel, we go. <laughs> um, but yeah, pretty impressive weekend for the WSL in the champions league. A bit surprised.
1: States. I don't think we expected that last week. Um, just <laughs> we'll get on to Arsenal, but with their injuries, I don't think we, anyone could have predicted their scoreline. Um, Chelsea obviously really impressive, but they could afford to make seven changes and still dominate a game against Brighton. Um, mm. which again, the strength and depth has always been something that Chelsea are kind of have been ahead of the pack on. I think ahead of Arsenal, obviously ahead of uh United and City in recent times is that depth, strength and depth. Um and when they needed to bring on the big guns at the end of the Brighton match, they could do that and kind of just wrap it up with Harder's goal.
0: Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible, wasn't it? Mm. I mean, I'm thinking this is the first time actually that England have dominated Europe in in that way. Like PSG, Lyon are the best teams and Barca, but that's it. They're the best teams. And two teams from England bossed it pretty much and and that's it like that's just putting it out there that's the standard that's how it's turned how it's changed england win the euros the te- the best league is in the, is in england the wsl and it's just it's proven that point really
2: mm. and do you think that because i feel like we've had these optimistic moments in the early stages with these teams before and then as the competition goes on they find it harder to compete and harder to be up with the top teams, is is it just a post-Euro's bounce and will it come to say like the new year and they will struggle a bit more or do you think that it's pretty safe that they're playing at a level that maybe they haven't been playing in previous seasons?
0: Well, I think the Champions League is, is one of those things that you have to have experience in you've never heard of a team making Champions League and getting to the semi-finals. it just doesn't happen you need experience in Champions League and Chelsea have it now I mean they learnt a big lesson against Barca I think and then after that they realised you can't make mistakes you can't give the ball away against these teams and they've tightened up a little bit it's the same with Arsenal I, I know we've had experience but realistically Arsenal have a new team going into Champions League they haven't been in Champions League this is the first year in year two years now that they're getting to this stage the group stage has changed a little bit right
2: it's, it's just like the sort of the way it went changed but like Arsenal did progress last year yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. well I just feel like it's the first time they've played against a big team and shown that they can go, to, go all the way and before it was like the new Players playing in Champions League. It was their first time playing in Champions League. So they needed a couple of years to experience a bit more Champions League. And I think they realize now what it takes. Mm. So I think yeah. it's gonna
1: Yeah. I, don't I felt think- like the table has kind of turned in that Leon game. You know, you were just saying you can't make mistakes. Every time Leon made a mistake, Arsenal just scored. Like they yeah. were so sharp um in attack. And and I really think their finishing mine. was so confident and like. Yeah, rattled Leon. Leon were so rattled.
0: I think Manum is the is the difference there because when she's playing, as we all know, Medema Mid- is a world class player. But when Manum plays, they just press so much better. They press really, really well, and you could see Leon couldn't get out with with Arsenal's press. It was just incredible, like to watch. And I think it's going to be really difficult for Vivian Medema to get back in that squad.
1: Isn't that a crazy thing to say, though?
0: But were you watching after the game? Because I was like watching. Yeah, Yeah. well, I was going to
2: bring this up when we were talking about Arsenal. We might as well talk about it now since we're here. (laughs) Um, But the fact that for anyone listening at home who didn't see it, like, Minamah was up kind of chatting to Adaval after the game, didn't look all that happy. And he was kind of patting her on the back and saying, you know, it's OK. We'll talk about this later. And he was asked about it after the game. And he said kind of what you expect him to say. He was like, look, it's not my place to talk about it. I can't tell you how other people feel. You have to ask her. And then when he was asked again, is she disappointed? She's not getting on. He was like, I can't speak on behalf of other players. But of course, which is kind of what you would expect from that. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like this has been coming for a while and maybe a lot of fans got wrapped up in the just the idea of keeping a player like Midima in the squad and maybe didn't notice the signs kind of towards the end of last season that... This new Because every time she's come on, she's gone to like Black Steadius's number nine role. She hasn't gone back to that number 10 if she's come on as a sub.
0: It's because that's where she should be playing. Like you're not going to bring her on as a number 10 when re- realistically she is a number nine. Do you know? I think she wants to play a deeper role, but I think she needs to realise and that's going to be... Ida job which is going to be difficult to convince her she's number nine and then she has to compete for her place against Blackstenius and and that's just how it's going to go but I just thought it was it was a very strange thing to see a player go up to the manager and have words obviously she wasn't happy about whatever I don't know but I imagine it's about not playing or being brought on for what to, just to get through the rest of the game like to finish the game you keep it, you wait until you go into the dressing room because everyone's watching, aren't they? The cameras are on, everyone's like, everyone knows she's not going to be happy. Um And mm-hmm. the fact is that you can't really complain. If your team has just won, has just beat Leon 4-0, I'm not going to go up and talk
2: to the manager then. I'm going to the wait for a Ronaldo moment. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I don't think she I don't think she did it at the moment quite, but
2: no, but it was interesting as well. She wasn't the only one that was upset. Like Iwabuchi was quite upset at the end of the game. And
1: there was talk that she was actually having a word for Iwabuchi that she was actually upset that Iwabuchi only got forty seconds, that it's a bit maybe disrespectful for a player of her quality who hasn't gotten any game time. Like against Liverpool, you can afford to bring her on a lot earlier.
0: You know what? I, I I hope it is that because total respect for him <laughs> if it is about that because I think it looked like Iribuchi was actually
1: about to cry. Well, she, she was very upset looking coming on the pitch. You know when you're coming on for forty seconds when you're training day in day out and you're that good of a player, it's yeah. very difficult, I'd imagine.
0: Well, no, the window, the window's coming up as Spanish English. Well, the the window's coming up so. I mean, she should be asking to leave realistically. I don't understand why so, you Is
2: so it or Miedema?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> just, just to clarify.
1: <laughs> I mean, Miedema surely still wants to win a Champions League or progress in the Champions League with Arsenal. Um, yeah.
2: You wonder as well, though, like what she feels, because that's what she wants to do. They had that massive win against Leon, And that's exactly the sort of team she wants to be involved in but she's not involved in like that central role that I presume mm. she imagines she would have been when she was signing her contract. So like, I would just love to know what's going on inside her head at the moment and how she feels about the whole situation. Cause you can't really argue with putting freedom Adam in there at the
3: moment. No, I
0: think, I but... don't think that would be her argument, but obviously she's going to be upset. She's not playing as any top athlete would be. I mean, that's, but maybe she, maybe she realizes, you know, maybe I don't fit in that position. Maybe I need to work at something else. She is a very pragmatic person, like, and she's quite mm-hmm. dead to earth. So I'm obviously she's going to be upset that she's not playing. Everybody wants to play, but um, no, but if she is having a word on Iwabuchi's ha-
1: behalf, I would
2: respect. respect that.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. And do you think that Adewald that Emma has the, tactical and managerial moves to like navigate this so say like with two players one very senior another one say Ebuchi who's just very well respected and like I've only ever heard people say good things about her both on the pitch and off the pitch do you think he has that ability to navigate this situation because if Manum keeps playing the way she does she's undroppable this has been very good this season like And I know Mirama has her past and she has the player that she is, but she's going to have to make a big claim to probably pass out anyone on that team at the moment that's starting regularly.
0: I think he does. I think he does have the experience to manage it. I think it's going to be really difficult, but they're also playing for a a club, a massive club, and no player is bigger than the club. If they're not happy about not playing, they have to leave. That's it. But it's something
1: you never see at Chelsea. I mean, Chelsea are stacked and England only got her first start for them this weekend. But she always looks like she's really hungry when she comes on and never looks upset by that. And she's top quality. And I think that's probably one of Emma Hayes' biggest strength is that her squad always seem to be pulling for each other and for her, no matter what, no matter what their game time is like.
0: Yeah, I mean, but... Beth gets on she plays she comes on she might come on all the time she gets minutes Mm. and I know Emma Hayes would be telling her look I'm going to need you I need you in this squad I need you you're as important as Sam care but obviously Sam's going to play but I do need you and obviously England is happy enough with that which personally I don't really understand but I don't I don't think and I can't imagine the likes of Iribuchi. Jordan Nobbs, uh, meet him at are going to be happy if they're not getting more than 30, 40, 45 minutes. It's just, yeah. I mean, there are big tournaments coming up. And and for me, someone like Jordan Nobbs, for example, who probably should have been in the England squad, who is definitely on the cusp of it. Yeah. Why is she not looking for another club? Why is she not looking to play somewhere? Because she could play in any midfield. including. And
1: that's why I was, uh, like Paris was very clever. Like she made the right move and going, on. And I think a couple of others who are in and around the England squad and like that, they need to be making playing game time.
0: Yeah, and it's not, not like before when, not. when there were only two or three clubs you could go to. You can go to any club. Okay, maybe not two, two or three clubs you can go to. <laughs> But you can go to other clubs that would be more than happy to take them. You know, Bethany England's a great striker. She could be top goal scorer in the league, you know.
2: Like, was it the season before Sam Kerr joined? That was kind of her really, really good season. And then she got injured, Sam Kerr came. And just since then, it's like she's really scrabbled to get a hold of a place or a hold of as well as her identity at Chelsea and as you say a move possibly earlier would have made a lot more sense for her I think she
1: would Harder her in as well Yeah,
2: there's mm. another player I wanted to ask you guys about because obviously again great performance from her at the weekend but I feel like she's kind of slipped off the radar of a lot of people and I wonder is it the situation like I think it's in the last six games she's been involved in eight goals or something and I just don't feel like she's in those big conversations in the way she used to be. Is that fair? Or do you think it's just that we expect it from her so it's kind of like hmm.
0: I think we just expect it now expect from it her. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, huge player. She's big, the probably the biggest player for Chelsea for me. Um and when she wasn't playing, it was very evident she wasn't on the pitch. But she's back and we just expect it from her because she does she never disappoints. And that's just, that's her work, right? That's everything she does, her link up play. It's how she makes other players better. And yeah, I mean, there's not much to say about her. She just works really hard. She's an extremely hard worker. She's very clinical. And, and yeah, she's just a fantastic player. It's class.
2: Yes. <laughs> I just want that to be the title of the like podcaster clip, just Karen Duggan. She's class. <laughs> Nothing else. <laughs> um, And just a word on the actual games that did happen. So Liverpool lost 2-0 to Arsenal. It was a pretty routine enough victory for Arsenal. I thought they looked tired at various stages, but that's probably to be expected. Uh, Liverpool didn't do that badly possession-wise, but just again lacked that match sharpness and I can imagine it's been a frustrating enough run in for Matt Beard, especially with the fixtures that they have had. Um so hopefully at some stage they can get a bit of bit of momentum behind them because I know they've played. Yeah a he was time.
1: kind of clutching looking for a penalty to maybe change the game and things like that. Um yeah like you said maybe Arsenal didn't hit the highs that they did midweek in the Champions League, but it was Still a fairly polished performance of them You felt like if they needed to go up another gear, That they probably could have They got the early goals And then they could kind of Take the foot off the pedal a little bit Again, quality finishes as well Two very, very good goals by Arsenal
0: Totally, like total control yeah. uh, and I just think they didn't need to do anything else and they weren't bothered about doing anything else. <laughs> <laughs> They'd just beaten Leon but another Champions League coming up yeah. that'll do, that'll do.
1: Yeah. And uh, well, Ford was again brilliant player in the match just to give another shout out to her. You know, we mentioned her team of the week but
2: Hopefully okay. she doesn't continue that for him into the World Cup next season. She'll be wrecked after the season of the WSL. Uh, I think
1: that will
0: be interesting when they get their centre-backs back. Yes. he's going to do then? Because for me, Catley has to play left-back. Then what? Where is where is he going to put our little Katie? <laughs> <laughs> the look-up Katie's oh. face. <laughs> we will be playing anyway i mean maybe in goal or something like that <laughs> He'll find
2: well do you think it's a situation where her place is in trouble when the other two come back and like based on her performances versus other players on the team
0: no i don't think i think she's been brilliant um but i do think that if they're going to come up against a likes the likes of man city where they've got excellent wide players and um, he might want to go with a more defensive mindset. And then I don't know where he's going to put her. But of of course, I would play K E higher up the pitch. I'd play number nine, even, because she's extremely dangerous. She is everything. She holds up the ball. She's very direct. She's like literally everything you want in a player. But I'm not sure i would do that. But it is going to be interesting what they do. They've never they've never really been tested. They've never really had to worry about. Being on the defense, um, but later on in the season, Chelsea's, Man City's, that's when they're going Man to Man United. <laughs> Man United's too. <laughs>
2: um, and then for the final two games that we had, I don't know we kind of talked about them a little bit during the Team of the Week. We had Aston Villa nil, Everton one. Kind of an interesting setup. I felt like tactically, the two teams were trying to work each other out, and it was a bit of a tip for Tash who would actually score first and then West Ham three Reading two West Ham went three nil up within the opening half hour and we already talked about saying how good she was and Kai Vag as well the 18 year old I think it was her first start in the WSL as well so very impressive from her and um, And yeah, I mean, Reading did well to get back into it and get those two goals. Uh, It just shows once again what those early goals are doing to them because I think that's like third or fourth time in a row that they've conceded really early on and just haven't been able to get back into it after that.
0: Yeah, I mean, they do. They leak goals. It's a big problem. You just can't... You can't afford opposition, those kind of goals. Um, if they can stop those goals, though, I thought the second half, I was quite impressed with them in the second half, actually, um, because I'd be a little bit worried about Reading. You know, the, they need to pull up their socks a little bit. But actually, the second half was decent. They, they pushed their fullbacks on a little bit more. Midfield were getting a little bit stuck in a bit more. And they kind of nullified um. They nullify their opposition a little bit, but I just it's a shame, really, because they have good players. They have decent players. And I actually thought when they made a couple of changes, they were much better, much fresher, because even the body language from the players, it's just they're defeated already. And I feel like I just want to go in and shake them up a little bit. <laughs> um, but hopefully that will kick them on a little bit because they could have went on and scored a third. And I was kind of hoping they would because I'd like Reading have been there for so long. It'd be such a shame to see
1: them get relegated. Yeah, like I said, the big one is next weekend for them. Sh- that needs to be at a three points on the board for them.
2: Yeah, Yeah.
1: And hopefully kick on from there.
2: Hopefully so. Well, we will have all the analysis of that game and everything else that's happening over the weekend and also Champions League this week, I believe as well. So we will chat about that if there is any more big results. Karen and Emma, thank you very much as always.
1: Thank you, Kathleen. Thank
2: you. The Koigig Pod is in association with Cadbury FC, official stack partner to the Republic of Ireland Women's National Team. We will see you guys all next week.
0: The Koi Gig Pod on OTB Sports, in association with Cadbury. A player and a half deserves a glass and a half of support.